Hello from Gilbert and Tobin. I'm Moya Dodd. And I'm Matt Rubenstein, and this is The Competitive Edge, what you need to know about working in competition law here at Gilbert and Tobin. Today, a special episode for those who think they possibly, maybe, potentially might like to work with us. We'll hear from those who know us best, the people who work here and have worked here over the years. We'll have recent summer clerks, partners, and even our former partner and new chair of the ACCC, Gina Cascotlieb. I'm constantly inspired by the enthusiasm of the people who come in and they come with skills. They come with data analytical skills. They come with perspectives that we don't have and it refreshes, reinvigorates. That's right. And where else would you get the refreshing perspectives of film enthusiasts, football nerds and competition law gurus all at the same time? Exactly. And that's just this podcast. But today we'll try to give you a pretty good idea of some of the things we're famous for here at GNT and in the Competition and Regulation Group. Well, I remember the firm winning the Best Biscuits Award from the Summer Clarks back in the day. Oh yeah, that was actually in the AFR. And I think it was because we had Tim Tams. You see, that was our culture of self-determination. The people spoke and the people wanted Tim Tams. And of course, if you want high performance, you need the right fuel. Uh, And that must be what the free coffee's all about. That's free with an asterisk, of course. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed. Well, how did you start at the firm, Matt? Were you a summer clerk? I was never a summer clerk because I was never going to be a lawyer. I was going to be a writer, I thought. But then I wanted to move to Sydney and pay the rent, so I flew down and had a chat to Danny Gilbert about a graduate position. I think the process is probably a bit more structured these days. So you were an accidental lawyer, but did you mean to do competition and regulatory law? I didn't know what either of those things were. I'd done an arts law degree, and most of my law subjects were like human rights and legal philosophy, all of that. Oh, right, because you didn't want to get a job as a lawyer. (laughs) Yeah, that was the plan. I was interested in technology and communications, and also pro bono, which is why I chose G&T in the end. But I wound up in a group after a few rotations that was quite a long way from the kind of law I was really interested in. And I felt a bit lost for a while. But that's when Gina Cascotlieb came and asked if I'd join her then very new competition group. And I may not have known what that was, but I knew who she was and the rest is history. That's a great story. And we'll actually be hearing from Gina Cascotlieb later in this episode too. We will. But how did you finish up at the firm, Moya? Well, Peter Waters rescued me from being an economic consultant. I'd previously worked opposite G&T as a lawyer on many telco matters, and we were often in pretty tough negotiations, but I always felt that they acted very decently. You know, I'd been in other negotiations where personal put-downs and acrimony were used as weapons in negotiations, and I never saw that from G&T, even at the pointy end of things. And I really appreciated working that environment. I thought it was productive and brought out the best in people and the best for the clients too. So when G&T came knocking many years later, it felt strangely like a homecoming, actually. I got to work with people who I'd looked up to since I was a young lawyer. Oh, that's great. Some people don't take the long way home. And we've got summer clock applications open at the moment for anyone who's thinking of joining us early in their career. And who better to ask what that's like than someone who's been through it? Today, we've got the inside scoop from Asha Keeney and Amelia Douglas, two young lawyers here who are world experts on being young lawyers here. Indeed, they are. And they both started at the firm at the same time through the Summer Clark program in 2018-19. And they've spent time in various parts of the firm as part of Clark and grad rotations before settling here in the competition and regulation group. And we're lucky to have them. Partner Charles Curry, who you may have met out on the hustings on recruitment duty, spoke to them about their experience of Gilbert and Tobin and working in competition and regulation. Let's take a listen. I'm here with Asha Keeney and Millie Douglas, 
two of the junior lawyers in the competition and regulation team at Gilbert and Tobin. And we're going to start off today's discussion by getting to know a little bit more about them. Millie and Asha, why don't you tell us how you came to GNT and to CNR? So I grew up in a small town in the Upper Hunter Valley and moved to Sydney to go to uni at UTS doing a double degree in public relations and law. Quickly found out public relations was not for me. And then I had a few friends in my law cohort that were pretty keen on going down that corporate law route. It took me until really my final year until I decided that I was actually going to apply for clerkships. I really didn't know which firm was for me. And I think a lot of people are in that boat. You can get an understanding of priorities. And for GNT, I think you got the idea that it was very focused on innovation and pro bono and the like. But I don't think you really know until you start speaking to people. So I think that difference between the firms really became clear to me during the interview process. There was a real difference when I came to G&T in that they were trying to get to know you. And that's just a really important thing, I think, when you're working with these people day in, day out. So I quickly realized from that that G&T was the place for me. And Asha, how about you? So I studied arts law at the University of Sydney. I majored in gender studies in my arts degree and I didn't really ever think about coming to a big firm. I just became aware of it through kind of uni, the presentations they do, and it seemed like a good chance to get a bit of a feel for that area of work. And so I applied and went through that interview process, came to G&T and Millie and I clerked together and I loved competition, loved the area of work and the people. And so I did my grad rotation there and also through disputes and investigations and decided to settle in competition and rejoin the team as a permanent lawyer in August last year. Thanks, Asha. And a common question that we get asked as partners from summer clerk applicants is what type of work our junior lawyers do. What does your day-to-day work involve? It looks a little bit different recently because the first thing I do is decide whether I'm going to come into the office or work from home. Once that decision's made, I work across a range of matters with different partners and different teams. But the moment I am working on an advisory matter for a client in an ongoing dispute where we just brief counsel. So I've done a lot of drafting of advice and correspondence on that and now I'm involved in those client and counsel meetings. And I'm also working on a couple of mergers and an ACCC investigation. So there's really quite a range. I might have meetings for my pro bono matters, or sometimes we'll be working on a knowledge piece, such as writing client updates or updating team resources. So you do get quite a mix, which I enjoy. It's super varied, a whole bag of things, really. I've been doing a fair bit of advisory work. I've been preparing evidence, preparing for trial quite recently, and you do get those requests coming in from clients throughout the day, and they end up becoming the priority at times. But yeah, it's, it's really cool to have that diversity. Another common question that we get from applicants is, who do you work with in your group? And in particular, whether you get much exposure to senior lawyers and partners. What's your broader experience been? You definitely get exposure to everyone. There's some matters that it'll just be a quite a small team and it's just you and a partner. And then there's others that are quite large and you'll have multiple people at every level. Even if there is a big team, you can still just contact a partner. It's all very easy and open communication lines. And no matter the structure, even if it is just you and a partner on a matter, there's always support. At the moment, probably most of the matters I'm on, I work directly with 
partners and I'm the lawyer on those matters. So that's been a really great opportunity to have a lot more client contact and directly working with the partners and getting instructions from them. And that's probably been a change from my experience as a grad or a clerk where I was on generally larger matters. But as Millie said, even in those I think you get an opportunity to work directly with partners because work streams will be divided. And so you will still be sending work directly to your partner, which is always a great opportunity to get feedback and really just gain knowledge from the experience that they have. Tell us a bit more about the exposure to clients that you've had. On those matters where I'm working directly with partners, I get a lot of client contact. Often I'll be kind of the point of contact, I suppose, and I get to join all the client meetings, which is great. Often CNR is involved in corporate deals as well, where we might be giving advice. And so in those instances, the corporate team might be who you're in contact with and they're the point of contact with the client. And it also varies across teams. So a lot of my peers who have been through transactional teams have done a lot of client work from early days. So I think it's something that you can seek out depending on whether that's something you're interested in. Yeah. And I think it will be very matter dependent and happens organically. People talk a lot about culture, especially during the summer clerkship program. How would you describe the culture in our group and in our firm? When I arrived at GNT, I immediately just felt relief that it was such a great place to work. Everyone was genuinely nice, willing to hear your opinions and answer all of your questions. And importantly, there was no big egos. But I think the most important thing is that everyone has been incredibly supportive and the support structure here is just next level. So I think that's really important. And then Outside of team, we also have lots of fun things as well. You know, that's firm-wide, for example, sporting events. I've just recently signed up for City to Surf. Have not started training yet, but we'll see how I go. (laughs) (laughs) It's getting closer and closer. Yes. (laughs) And Asha, how about you? Yeah, I think absolutely. CNR is known to be a very supportive and warm team. And my experience has definitely been that. I have a lot of friends in the team and a lot of people I really greatly respect. And more broadly in the firm, there is a sense of being equal with all your peers, regardless of their level of seniority. During my clerkship, I actually sat opposite Danny in our open plan offices, which was very intimidating, but fun experience. (laughs) And I think for me, another really important part of our firm culture is our commitment to pro bono work. I've been involved in pro bono work since my clerkship. You can even do a rotation in the team during the clerkship. I'm also involved in the Reconciliation Action Plan Working Group, which is a great way to think about being involved in actually directing the future of the firm and having that opportunity and also how much it's encouraged by my team and the firm more broadly is really important to me. Just like when Afghanistan, during that whole process, the whole firm jumped on board and started doing visa applications and everyone was super supportive of you just prioritizing that to try and help as many people as you can so yeah absolutely that was great because even the head of our team elizabeth avery was up late at night doing the applications and we were doing the exact same thing we were all working on those and i think we had quite an amazing amazing push as a firm we spoke a little bit earlier about working from home and coming in to the office and ashra might 
come back to you. You were saying earlier that you like to wake up each day and make the call. When you do come into the office, do you feel like you get benefits of being here because there are enough people around and the environment feels good? Yeah, definitely. I tend to come into the office probably most days. I was working from home alone (laughs) in my apartment and it was so lovely to come back in and realise how much you value your relationships with your colleagues and what those social as well as work interactions give you. There are always enough people around that I have people in my meetings in person and have someone to have lunch with and have a coffee with. And it's great to have the flexibility. To not have to worry if you have an appointment or something that day and you do need to stay home and you can just let those around you know is a real benefit. But I agree with you, coming in does have a real benefit, especially as a junior, because you just learn by being around people who are senior to you and you can just You know, even if it's hearing a phone call, you do pick up on even the way that they're speaking to clients or whoever it is. So it's always good to get that exposure, I think. Millie, you and Asher are still at an early stage of your careers, of course, but what's been a career highlight for you so far? So I think a highlight for me was when I was a grad and I got the task of reviewing the massive bundle of evidence. I picked up on something which I thought was a bit odd and it was essentially they had said something in evidence and they hadn't proved it. And I thought it was a silly question at the time, but I, so I ran it by my mentor and was like, is this, you know, something that we should address? Is it silly? And they said, no, pass it on. And I quickly saw it go from the partner to senior counsel to becoming a major point of contention at trial, which I think is something really cool to see as a grad, like your input can have such a big impact. So I think that was a huge highlight for me. How about for you, Asha? A real standout for me was the opportunity I had between the clerkship and grad program to undertake a JNT sponsored placement with the Aurora Project. So I went up to Darwin and worked at NAJA, which is the North Australian Aboriginal Justice Agency, for eight weeks in their law and justice team. I got to work across a range of advocacy work and legal education projects, including in remote communities. And that was definitely one of the highlights of my legal experience, general experience so far. Darwin is an amazing place. And I'd really strongly urge anyone who might be interested to look into the Aurora Project and also those JNT placements that they sponsor for summer clerks. It's a great opportunity. That's wonderful. And we really feel proud to be able to give our lawyers that type of opportunity. Millie, why don't you and Asha tell us a little bit more about the opportunities that some other people have made the most of? So one of the people in our cohort was lucky enough to go on a secondment to a major digital platform, which is, I think, a really cool opportunity. We have such strong relationships with overseas firms and we have such a strong reputation in the market. And I've seen people from our cohort and those just above us from our group go overseas to some really great firms. We've had someone in our cohort go to the high court for a period of time. Yeah, also a couple went to other courts, Land and Environment Court and the Federal Court. And now a couple in our team around our level have just left to work as staffers for federal MPs. So some amazing and quite a range of opportunities people have taken up already. And finally, as two people who have survived the summer clerkship process and are now making their way very successfully through the world as junior lawyers, what tips and encouragement would you give to this year's candidates? 
Some advice that I think I'm also trying to follow is just to take it step by step and make every decision as it comes and just see where it takes you. There's legal and non-legal career paths that you can follow. And I think just pursuing something that you're passionate about can build a career that you didn't even know existed. And then one other tip I have is eat the canapes when you're at (laughs) the Clarkshire events, please eat the canapes. They're there for you and the firms are trying to woo you, so enjoy it. (laughs) I think I would say, especially at these events, talk to people and really take on their advice. And that's even during the interview process as well, because as much as you are there to answer questions about yourself, you want to know who you're working with day in, day out. So just really listen to people and take on what they're saying. That's very sage advice (laughs) from both Asha and Millie. Thank you both for sharing your time and sharing your insights. And thank you again also for the wonderful contribution you've made to our team and our firm. Thank you. Thanks, Charles. What a great interview. Yeah, it's nice to hear from the next-gen up-and-comers, isn't it? But at a senior level, we also have a people partner in each group. And in competition and regulation, that's Louise Klamka. It is, and I caught up with Louise to understand what she sees as important. Mm, We better listen. Louise, you're the people partner in the competition and regulation group where you were a senior lawyer and a special counsel before that. What is the role of the people partner? What do you do in the group? So the role of the people partner is to make sure that we work cohesively as a team. And that means managing things like work allocation and capacity, performance review time, general people management and welfare issues as well. We see the CNR team as a bit of a family and the role of the people leaders to make sure we all get along and that we're all utilising everybody's talents properly and that everybody feels like they've being looked after and having their needs met. As people decide to go overseas and take up other opportunities or do further study, it's also about managing their return to work and giving opportunities to people to follow those passions. People come in and out for lots of reasons as well, like parental leave. So there are all of those sorts of issues that mean that we have a very flexible and dynamic team. And being the people leader is about managing all of those processes while maintaining our sense of of community. So if people are looking to come and work in the group or the firm, what are the, the main things that they should know about working with us? I think Gilbert and Tobin is unique amongst law firms. We are very driven and very ambitious and have high standards of excellence and customer delivery. We like to make sure that we are very profitable and strive for those sorts of business sides of the firm. But at the same time, we have heart and we have social conscience and we are very conscious that as lawyers, we have obligations to our communities to make sure that we use our skills to further justice generally. And also to our people to ensure that we are all working in the kind of place that we want to be in that rewards talent and innovation and hard work, but recognises diversity, the unique nature of individuals and makes working life a pleasure. We're obviously on the lookout for summer clerks at the moment, but nobody wants to uh, know what's going to happen over the summer. People looking at their whole careers. So what are things like in the longer term here at G&T and what sort of opportunities for a lawyer would there be over the course of their career? 
I think it's very much about choose your own adventure. There are opportunities for people to do different things either within their practice groups or throughout the firm and take advantage of opportunities as they arise and as markets change. So you see a lot of people who begin in a particular area that they're interested in, but that evolves over time as client relationships build as there is change in regulatory environments as new technology comes in. People find particular new areas of law like in digital markets, in cryptocurrency, in ESG, in new forms of regulation and specialise in, in those areas and build their own practice around their clients and the knowledge they've built. People move into legal roles that are non-billing that support the, the development of thought leadership or efficiencies or innovation. We've heard a bit about the flat structure of GNT. How does that work and what impact does that have on, on people at various stages of their legal career? I think the key thing is that everybody is listened to and if you put in the work, then you should have a say in strategic direction. You know, you might see issues that other people don't. So why, if you're a junior lawyer, would you not pipe up and say, hang on, I think that there is this particular angle or I've come across information that suggests X is Y just because you are have less PQE than the person you're talking to. So I think that's the first fundamental principle. Everybody has a contribution to make and a unique perspective and we should give an ear to all of those sorts of things. The second is we are not formal which means that you can call out what you see and feel comfortable that people will respect you for that and not think that you should have gotten back in your box and not drawn attention to any issues, whether they are on a matter, whether they are about things that you think could be done better in terms of management, whether they are personal concerns or experiences or things about your own personal life and ambitions that you want to share with, with people. It is truly an open door. We have no doors, in fact. We are open plan entirely. So it's very easy to get a hold of people that you want to speak with and it's valued. So I think we have a reputation as a firm of being quite hardworking. Do you think that's fair? And how does that leave room for all the other great stuff that you're talking about? We do work hard, but from the CNR perspective, we have by far the largest team in a competition practice anywhere in the country. We do the lion's share of the work in the market, but we have a very deep bench of lawyers from partners down to graduates who are available to flex up and down as that work comes in. Every client in the market requires fast turnaround of difficult work, but we have available a team big enough to do it properly and a team who understands each other and is conscious of making sure that we balance capacity and people's learning experiences and their career progression. As a lawyer, you will never have a perfectly smooth seven hours a day of billable work for years at a time. It would be wonderful if we did, but there are peaks and there are troughs. And the important thing is managing those as best as you can so that we utilize our teams and we get the best product for our clients, but at the same time meet the career objectives and work balance objectives of our teams. And I think that we really do do that in the CNR team. And I certainly find that for every intense period that I have had, I have been able to also take long holidays, 
to take time back and make sure that I fit in the things that I want to do in my life on a daily basis, whether that is spending time with my family, whether it's going to the gym, whether it's hanging out with friends. And also the fact that I enjoy working with the team so much means that, to be honest, being at work, working hard on a, on a particular deadline, we do it as a team and we take pleasure and pride in getting the job done well. What are the group and the firm looking for in Summer Clark, a graduate or a lawyer? I recently attended the initial drinks function for the summer clerkship recruitment season. A lot of the prospective candidates were worried about having to make a decision about what area they wanted to practice in or whether they knew what competition law was or what it meant to be an M&A lawyer or what on earth banking and finance does. But the key message, I think, is that when you come out of law school, you don't need to know the substantive law that you're going to do as a lawyer. What you do need to do is bring enthusiasm and ask lots of questions, be responsive and communicative and show that you want to be there. People want to work with people who take ownership over what they're doing, whether it's the smallest task or the biggest. Know that if you've been asked to do something, it's because somebody wants that piece of work. It's not busy work. We're going to value it. It's important. So just really taking that ownership, asking the questions, being enthusiastic and communicative. That base level of interpersonal relationships and ownership of work carries through, I think, through every stage of your career as the key attribute we would look at. It evolves and becomes more nuanced and important in how you do that and how you manage clients and how responsive you are to challenges and how you manage teams. We also find that clients say that that is one of the key differentiators for them when deciding between lawyers. They are expecting people to be technically correct and proficient, but they're looking for people who care about their business, understand their business, and can communicate and be responsive to their needs and that they like working with. So I think it translates to both what we look for in candidates as G&T and what our clients look to in us. You build on that, but really being a person who can work with others, takes pleasure in what they're doing, cares about what they're doing, can demonstrate that and actually wants to be here is the key attribute. We assume people are going to have decent legal skills and will learn the specifics on the job. Before you go, Louise, there are some interview questions, I guess, that a lot of candidates are asked by law firms if the cliches are to be believed. And I thought we might turn some of those back on you as representative of the firm uh, and the group. Is that okay? Excellent. Yes. So I guess the uh, the most typical one is, what do you feel is the firm's greatest weakness? Hmm. Perfectionism. <laughs> that's what everyone says. Perfectionism all the way, all the way. No, I don't think that's true. <laughs> um, the firm has no weaknesses. Okay. Good, good answer. Um, where do you see Gilbert and Tobit in 10 years' time? Gosh, like me, we'll be about 50 in 10 years' time. I think we'll be having a great big party and we'll be looking even more to the future. We will have grown even more than we have to date. We're growing very rapidly, but in a way that maintains our core spirit and culture, I think, which is essential. The partnership will look even more diverse than it does now with more equal representation of men and women, more diversity in ethnic backgrounds and experiences. There are certainly many people that I'm working with today that I hope are in that partnership as they continue their journey with GNT. And um, I look forward to seeing what GNT at 50 looks like. 
Finally, if GNT was an animal, what kind of animal would it be? A wonderful fire-breathing dragon that <laughs> soars through the air and swims to the depths of the ocean. Or a goat. <laughs> Thank you very much, Louise Klamko. Thanks very much. What a great interview. One of the features of the firm is our relatively flat structure. And when I interviewed Gina Cascott-Lieb a couple of months ago, just before she started at the ACCC, she made some fascinating comments about how she involved junior staff in matters. She really did. She always wanted to know everybody's ideas and she wanted us to share those ideas with clients or even with regulators, as she told you, Moya, in the interview that we'll take a listen to now. Well, you are somewhat famous around the firm for encouraging people to speak up, even in client meetings and even the most junior people. Why do you do that? Because not all senior partners or senior people in those roles do invite the most junior members of the team to object to them or to, <laughs> you know, to contradict them in front of a client or in front of an important audience. So there's a number of reasons for it, Moya. The first is that the younger people on the team will be across the detail at a level that I am not. They're often very fact intensive, aren't they, these inquiries? They are. Yeah. You certainly develop a capacity to, you know, what you would expect to see, but it doesn't mean you're always going to see that. I always engage with the clients, hear the aspects, try to build up their appreciation of the situation, but the team will be looking and really, in a sense, themselves testing from data, documents, and that process of building up a very robust understanding is critical. And if I have missed something, if there's something that contradicts, we will not be giving the right advice. So first of it just is that for accuracy and for the integrity of what we're doing, it's essential. I also want people to think. And if we are giving them the parameters always and just siloing their contribution, they're not, A, developing what their way of thinking more holistically, but in addition, they're actually not bringing all the capacity that the incredibly intelligent people we have are capable of delivering. So it's also part of drawing that out. Many also come here, I'm constantly inspired by the enthusiasm of the people who come in. And they come with skills. They come with data analytical skills. They come with perspectives that we don't have. And it refreshes, reinvigorates. It sure does. And I think everyone here has the same values, starting with Danny Gilbert. And they're a big part of the wider firm, as well as the group that Gina built. And we really are very proud of Gina's elevation to Lord of All She Surveys. We are. But we have another alum who's hit the big time lately. Mm, and yeah, I remember the time before Michelle Rowland was famous. Yeah, she was always famous around here. Oh, well, true. Or maybe I should say I knew her before she was honourable. With a capital H, of course. And now she's gone from Shadow Communications Minister to Actual Communications Minister, which is a great step. But when she was first elected back in 2010, she had some pretty good things to say about G&T in her first speech. During my 10 years as a lawyer at Gilbert and Tobin in Sydney, I specialised in telecommunications regulation competition, privacy and broadcasting laws. I work with some of the largest companies in Australia and the world, and this exposed me to the realities and the challenges of the corporate environment. There's a long list of colleagues from this time whom I want to thank, who taught me both the substantive, legal and technical expertise I needed, 
and also life skills like resilience, collaboration and problem solving. I'm also grateful to Gilbert and Tobin for giving me the opportunity to work on projects around the world that nurtured my personal belief in the power of information technology to deliver just social outcomes. That's so nice to be reminded of that. I'm convinced, Maya. How do we apply? Oh, this is sounding like a scene out of The Intern, Matt. No, we're not quite that old. <laughs> well, uh, true, true. But my point is there's no age limit for applicants or any kind of limit. In fact, we really do look for a diverse intake. And what matters to us is the characteristics and capabilities of the person inside. Motivated, talented, curious, supportive, genuine, and wanting to have a red hot go. Uh, and if that's you, you sound amazing. Please take a look at gtlaw.com.au slash careers because clerkship applications for Sydney, Melbourne and Perth all close soon. So get yours in. All those links are in our show notes. And if you enjoyed this special episode, please subscribe, leave us a review and tell your friends. Till next time, this was The Competitive Edge with Gilbert and Tobin.